read now is Psalm 143. Read this psalm in connection with our consideration of Lord's Day 45 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Psalm 143, a psalm of David. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground, he hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all thy works, I muse on the work of thy hands, I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God, Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble, and of thy mercy cut off my enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. On the basis of that passage of God's Word and many other passages really on the basis of all of Scripture. The Heidelberg Catechism gives us instruction in Lord's Day 45 concerning prayer. This is the section of the Catechism that treats prayer beginning with Lord's Day 45. So let's read now Lord's Day 45. Question 116, why is prayer necessary for Christians? Answer, because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us, and also because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit to those only who with sincere desires continually ask them of him and are thankful for them. What are the requisites of that prayer which is acceptable to God and which he will hear. First, that we from the heart pray to the one true God only, who hath manifested himself in his word, for all things he hath commanded us to ask of him. Secondly, that we rightly and thoroughly know our need and misery, that so we may deeply humble ourselves in the presence of his divine majesty. Thirdly, that we be fully persuaded that he, notwithstanding that we are unworthy of it, will, for the sake of Christ our Lord, certainly hear our prayer as he has promised us 
in his word. What hath God commanded us to ask of him? All things necessary for soul and body, which Christ our Lord has comprised in that prayer, he himself has taught us. And what are the words of that prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Prayer, beloved, is an important subject for believers because to be a believer is to be someone who prays. And that's clear from the Heidelberg Catechism, the first question and answer of this Lord's Day, which asks, why is prayer necessary for the Christian? And notice the question is not, is prayer necessary? The assumption is made that prayer is necessary. And so the question asks, why? And the question also assumes that we need to pray. Prayer occupies and ought to occupy an important place in the lives of those who are saved. child of God who is saved is someone who ought to be praying very often to God. And I trust, beloved, that that is true of all of us, you young people and you children as well, that you pray to God, that you pray often to God, that you pray to God many times a day because prayer is God's gift to us. And that gift that God has given us of prayer is, you could say, our spiritual lifeline to God. Prayer is a gift through which we can enjoy sweet fellowship with God. The Christian must pray. And why must the Christian pray? Why is it necessary for us to pray? First of all, it is necessary because prayer, as the Catechism points out, is the chief part of thankfulness. That means that we show our thankfulness to God by praying. Even apart from what we say in prayer, the very act of praying to God is an expression of our thankfulness to him. And not only is it simply an expression of thankfulness to God, but it is the chief way in which we express our thanks to God. And then secondly, we pray, and it is necessary for us to pray, because God has ordained that prayer is the means by which we receive what we need from God. Ask, and you shall receive. And if you do not ask, 
you do not receive. Christian prays, but when we do pray, and I'm sure this is true in your experience too, you sometimes wonder, does God hear my prayers? Is God listening to me? Are my prayers pleasing to God? Notice from the psalm that we read, Psalm 143, that that was the concern that David had. At the very start of this psalm, which is really a prayer to God, he asks God to hear his prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me. And in thy righteousness. And then he repeats that again in verse 7. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. And this is not the only psalm where David expressed that concern, wondering if God was hearing his prayer. In fact, some 45 times in the Psalms, David said this same thing. Hear my prayer, O God. Hear my voice. Hear me when I call unto thee. Incline thine ear unto me. Attend, O Lord, to my cry. He was concerned. He wondered. Is God listening? Does God hear my prayers? And that's important to us as believers too. We want to be sure that God hears our prayers, that he is listening, that he is interested, that our prayers are acceptable to God. What would be the point of praying if God is not listening? What would be the point of praying if our prayers are unacceptable to God? And so the Heidelberg Catechism brings us into a section concerning prayer. In which section of the Heidelberg Catechism we receive good and necessary instruction concerning prayer. Lessons that are taught us by our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the first lesson, in, as expressed and summarized in question and answer 117 of Lord's Day 45, is this. This is a lesson on how to pray prayers that are acceptable to God and that God will hear. Now, you must understand clearly, beloved, our prayers are not acceptable to God because of how well we pray. The fact is, we usually don't pray very well at all. We never pray a perfect prayer, that's for sure. And our prayers are often imperfect, 
Many weaknesses characterize our prayers to God. For example, we don't pray sincerely to God. We say words, but they don't come from our heart. Or we do not pray for the right things. Or we are very selfish in prayers, and all, all that we do is pray about ourselves and for ourselves, and we never pray about others. Never pray about the church. Or we do not pray in faith, believing. Our prayers are not heard on account of our prayers themselves, but only because of Christ. Our prayers are acceptable to God and pleasing to God because of Christ. Christ, through whom we pray, which is why we always say, for Christ's sake, we pray these things. In the name of Christ, we pray these things. Our prayers are acceptable to God because Christ covers all of our imperfections in prayer, and our prayers are acceptable to God because our Lord Jesus Christ also prays for us. He intercedes for us to God. And he brings to God the prayers that we really ought to have prayed, the prayers that are perfect, the prayers that are indeed completely and fully acceptable to God. But still, though that is all true, Still, we want and we need to be taught how to pray properly. Because prayer is the chief part of thankfulness that God requires of us. And if we are to show our gratitude to God by praying, then we must show it by prayers that are in harmony with what God requires our prayers to be. Prayers that are pleasing to him by his work of grace and spirit in us. Prayers that are pleasing to him by God taking the instruction that we receive concerning prayer, applying it to us by his spirit, and leading us to pray better, prayers than we have prayed before. Consider then with me prayers which are acceptable to God. First of all, biblical prayers. Secondly, they are humble prayers. And thirdly, they are confident prayers. first characteristic of a prayer that is acceptable to God and that God will hear is, as the Catechism says this, that we from the heart pray to the one true God only who hath manifested himself in his word for all things he hath commanded us to ask of him. The Catechism there is speaking of the content of our prayers to God. As regards that content, as regards what we pray for, 
our prayers, the catechism is teaching us, must be biblical prayers. They must contain what the Bible says they ought to contain. They must contain, as the catechism says, the things that God has commanded us to ask of him. And what has God commanded us to ask of him? Question and answer 118 says this, All things necessary for soul and body, which Christ our Lord has comprised in that prayer, he himself has taught us, namely the Lord's Prayer. When we pray, we cannot come to God with requests for just anything and everything, whatever we want. No, we must pray for the right things. We must pray for the things that God tells us in his word that we ought to be praying for. And only then can you and I expect that our prayers will please God, that God will hear them, and that God will answer them. There are many as I'm sure you well know, that have a serious misconception here with regards to prayer. Their perspective often in prayer is they view God as their servant. Their thinking is God is waiting, waiting simply for me to ask what I want and then he will give it. And so I just need to ask for it and I need to keep asking for it and I let need to let him know through my repeated requests to God that I really want this thing. If I ask enough, God will give it. And so they come to God in their prayers with a shopping list, as it were, of all kinds of earthly desires and wants that they have. They ask God for more money. They ask God for a nicer house. They ask God to give them a beautiful spouse and children. They ask God for better health in their life. And they don't hesitate to pray for all these earthly things because their perspective is, God is waiting to give them, give them to me. And God wants me to be happy, doesn't he? And so I can ask God for all these things. And they make an appeal often to James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, where the Word of God says this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Well, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And so they appeal to that passage and they say, if you ask in faith, without wavering, without doubting, God will give you whatever you ask for. And if God doesn't give you what you ask for, then the problem is you don't have enough faith. What they overlook is what's very obvious in that text namely what they should be asking for. 
any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. It doesn't say, if any of you want whatever you like, ask of God. If any of you lack wisdom, They end up with prayers that are very earthly. They end up with prayers that are devoid of spirituality. They're asking for things. Do you hear them in their prayers confessing sin? Do you hear them in their prayers seeking forgiveness for sin? Do you hear them in their prayers asking God for his mercy toward them and spiritual strength from him? Mostly prayers that are not biblical. Catechism is teaching us, beloved, that proper prayers involve asking for the right things from God. Asking God for what God commands us to ask of him. We must not think that we are wiser than God and that we know better than God what we need. We should not pray simply for what we want, but we should pray for what God tells us to ask for. That is, what God tells us we need. We shouldn't pray simply for what we think we need, but for what the Bible teaches us that we need. Biblical prayer. Now that doesn't mean that you may not pray for earthly things. You certainly may. And we also should. Catechism itself even points that out in question and answer 118. What are the things that we ought to pray for what has God commanded us to ask of him, all things necessary for soul and body. So yes, we must and we may pray for earthly things, but regarding those earthly things that we pray for, we have to be so careful we don't change something that we want into something that we need. And we ought to notice, too, that when the Lord's Prayer instructs us concerning praying for earthly things, there's only one petition out of the six petitions of the Lord's Prayer that concerns earthly things. Give us this day our daily bread. And even that petition is expressing the fact that the believer is willing to, to live at a very, very simple level in earthly life. This day, daily bread, nothing more. So praying biblically, and the Catechism teaches us that, and the Lord's Prayer teaches us that, and all of Scripture teaches us that, praying biblically means praying especially about and for spiritual things. We must be spiritually minded. 
Our greatest needs are not physical and earthly, but our greatest needs are the needs for our souls. And that ought to occupy the large part, the largest part of our prayers to God, just as it does in the Lord's Prayer. Five petitions concerning spiritual things and only one concerning earthly things. Let me add, beloved, that in order for us to pray this way, obviously we need to know the Word of God, the Bible. Knowing the Bible well helps immensely in praying biblical prayers. First of all, that's true because as you read the Bible, you are constantly learning from Scripture what God commands you to ask of Him in your prayers. But even more than that, if you know the Bible, then you can use the content of Scripture as the content of your prayers to God. A lot of the Bible is very suitable for prayer. And so you can take a passage of Scripture and many times you can make that a prayer to God. That's true especially of the Psalms. Many of them are prayers. And so you can pray the Psalms. You can take a whole Psalm and read it And as you're reading that psalm, you are praying that psalm to God. You can pray parts of the psalms. You can pray with the language of other texts in the Word of God. Learn them and include their words in your prayers to God. So we should all strive to be very familiar with the Bible so that we can use its language and use its phrases in our prayers to God. Perhaps especially husbands and fathers ought to take note of that. They lead their wives and their families in prayer. They can prepare for family devotions and prayer with their family by reading a psalm, for example. Same can be true for office bearers. The same is true for those who are ministers of the gospel. Often in preparation for congregational prayer, a minister can read and meditate on one of the psalms as preparation. And that will help us pray for the right things, pray prayers that are pleasing and acceptable to God. Then the Catechism mentions the second characteristic of proper prayer, and that is this. Secondly, that we rightly and thoroughly know our need and misery, that so we may deeply humble ourselves in the presence of His, that is, of God's divine majesty. Catechism there is speaking of humility. Humility 
when we pray to God. When we pray, isn't it true that we often struggle with pride? We think God will be pleased with us and we think that God will be pleased with our prayers to him because of the good that we have done. We think that God will give us what we ask of him in prayer because of how loving and of how kind we have been to others. That's pride. Well, we think that God will give us what we ask for because we, after all, have given so much of our time and even of our money to the causes of God's kingdom. That's pride. And even with regard to asking God's forgiveness for our sins, we imagine that God will very readily forgive our sins because even though we committed that sin, since committing it, we've done so much good to make up for that sin, as it were, and so he will forget because of that. That's pride. Prayer must be characterized by humility, lowliness before God. The Spirit, as he applies the Word of God to us, and even this Word of God, humbles the child of God, humbles you first of all when you pray to God by giving you a right knowledge of whom you are praying to. As the Catechism mentions, when we pray, we enter the presence of God's divine majesty. When we pray, we're not simply talking to another man, to a fellow human. When we pray, we are speaking to him who is divine who is majestic. We are speaking to him who is God and God alone. We are speaking to him who is high above us. When we, sp- when we pray, we are speaking to him who is the almighty creator of the heavens and the earth and all that is in that. We're speaking to him as who is the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. We're speaking to him who is the righteous judge of all men because he is a holy God who hates sin. God is great. And you and I are small. God is independent. And you and I are dependent always on him. We cannot exist a moment on our own. And therefore, what can you or I bring or offer or give to God? 
that God has not first given to us. The Spirit must humble us when we pray and make us realize that we must put aside all our pride and we must approach God with humility in prayer. Not boasting, not thinking to ourselves of all the good that we've done, all the good that we've manifested in our lives toward God and our fellow believers so that on account of that, God will hear us. We have nothing to bring. Humility. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Spirit teaches us to be humble by making us realize who it is to whom we are praying. But then secondly, the Spirit humbles us by giving us a right knowledge of ourselves in relation to God. The Catechism emphasizes that, that we rightly and thoroughly know our need and misery. And think of it, beloved, what are we in comparison to God? What are you in comparison to God? A speck of dust and a sinner besides. A wretched sinner who is ungrateful who transgresses all the commandments of God every day. One who has no right to be in the presence of God in prayer. One who has no right of yourself even to speak to God. Of ourselves, we are nothing. When we pray to God and approach Him in prayer, what do we deserve? We deserve to be ignored by God. And even more, we deserve to be cursed by God, and we deserve to perish in the presence of God. That's what we deserve. But by a wonder of grace, we are able to pray to him. That calls for great humility. Not the pride of the Pharisee in Luke 18 who boasted of all the good that he had done, how many times he fasted and all the rest, and how much he had given. But the prayer of the publican who hardly dared lift up his eyes to heaven and who smote himself and who cried out in prayer, 
God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And if that demonstrates anything, beloved, it demonstrates what a miracle and what a wonder prayer even is, that God lets those who are specks of dust and who are miserable sinners approach him and speak to him. And he's listening. He's interested. He even rejoices to have his people bow their heads and approach him in prayer. What a miracle. A wonder of the grace of God. And then thirdly, the Catechism says this, the characteristic that follows from all of this is thirdly that we fully that we be fully persuaded that he that is God notwithstanding that we are unworthy of it will for the sake of Christ our Lord certainly hear our prayer as he has promised us in his word confidence when we pray to God The language of the Lord's Day is rather striking. So striking is the language of the Lord's Day, that is the language of confidence, that it makes us wonder, is that even possible? To have that kind of confidence when we pray to God? I'm sure your confidence in prayer is not always or even very often at that higher level. Fully persuaded, fully persuaded that notwithstanding that I am unworthy of it, he will certainly hear my prayers. We struggle with doubt when we pray. The spiritually minded child of God does. And when he prays, he sometimes wonders, is God really listening to me? Does God actually have time to pay attention to me when I pray? Is God really all that interested in my life and my struggles and my needs? One person amongst the millions of the people of God who pray to him? And that doubt can increase in our lives when we are conscious of our sins so that we say, after all the sins that I have committed against God, is God really going to say, I'm listening? Wouldn't he rather say, and wouldn't he ordinarily be led to say, when I have sinned so greatly against him and then pray to him to say, I don't want to bother with you anymore. And sometimes in the struggle of doubt, we are led even to stop praying. And that's worse, worse still. 
that the scripture teaches us and the Heidelberg Catechism teaches us that we can and we must be confident when we pray to God. But what the Catechism teaches us is that our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is not on account of how wonderful our prayers are. Our confidence does not arise out of the fact that now we have learned to pray beautiful prayers to God. But our confidence is in God and in Christ. Our confidence is in God. And our confidence is in God himself because of the promises of God to us. God has promised to give us, to give us who belong to Christ, to give us who are his beloved in Christ, to give us who have been redeemed by his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has promised to give us everything that we need for body and for soul in this life. Everything we need on our earthly pilgrimage. Everything we need to prepare us for our place in glory. Everything we need as part of God fashioning and shaping us to be stones in his glorious temple in heaven. God has promised that, and God will do it. We don't have to pray to God with the idea that somehow we have to convince God to give these things to us. We don't have to pray to God with the idea that we have to persuade God to give these things to us. He has promised. He doesn't change his mind. He keeps his word. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. And God's willingness to give these things to us in and through Christ is really an astounding willingness. Read of it in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If ye then, being evil, speaking about us, speaking about earthly fathers who are sinners, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? How much more? A parent in love for his child is willing to give the child what that child needs. Not necessarily what the child wants, but what the child needs. And a parent will go out of his way or a mother out of her way to give the child what the child needs, even at the cost of self. Self-sacrifice. And Christ said, how much more, God? How much more, God will give what 
anything and everything you want? No. But what you need, and what you need above all, as Christ says there in Luke 11 verse 13, is his spirit. The spirit of Christ. But secondly, we can be confident in in our prayers to God because God hears us, as the Catechism says, for the sake of Christ our Lord. He hears us for the sake of Christ. He listens for the sake of Christ. He answers us, our prayers, for the sake of Christ. He hears us for the sake of Christ, first of all, because on account of Christ we have the right to approach God and to pray to God. Christ has removed our sins. Christ has reconciled us to God. Christ has made us acceptable to God. And therefore he has also made our prayers acceptable to God. And Christ, on account of his saving work, has also given us and provided for us the right to call God our Father. We have been adopted into the family of God, and so for the sake of Christ, we belong to the family of God. For the sake of Christ, we have a heavenly Father who is not only able, but also willing to give us what we need. For the sake of Christ, we have a Father who loves us and who wills to bless us. That should make us confident when we pray to God. And on account of Christ, God will give us the things that he has promised to give. We will not receive them because we deserve them, but we will receive them because Christ has earned them for us. It's all in Christ. And because of him, because we belong to him, God says, I delight in you, my people. And I delight in having you pray to me and expressing thereby your gratitude to me and expressing thereby your utter dependence upon me. And I delight in having fellowship with you through prayer. And you can be confident. I am listening. I will hear. And I will answer your prayers according to my wise understanding of what your needs really are. Being thankful believers, beloved, and desiring to show our gratitude to God even more, may we remember to pray prayers that are biblical and prayers that express humility and prayers that show our confidence in God and our confidence in Christ.
Prayer is a marvelous gift from God. Be thankful for it. It's even a wonder of God's grace that we are able to pray to him. Use this gift well. And on account of how thankful you and I are and ought to be for God's grace to us in Christ, may prayer occupy an even larger part of your life than it currently does. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for the gift of prayer. Thank thee for thy instruction to us concerning it so that we may through this gift express our gratitude to thee. Make us truly thankful and cause us through prayer to show our gratitude and then to express it in the words that we say. In Jesus' name, amen.